0: We're back, the Neil Haley Show, on the Total Celebrity segment. And when I talk about this country music legend and it comes up for holidays for the United States, there's only one man that we could could talk about like that. So excited to welcome the program, country music legend, Grammy Award winner, Lee Greenwood. Lee, thanks for calling. And this holiday, Memorial Day, the 4th of July, any time when we are in major battles or have had real strife, Your song is played, Lee, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. And I'm called on to do that. And I I accept that role proudly. I I never envisioned, I don't believe, when I wrote God Bless the USA back in 1983 that I would ever have this kind of role to play. I mean, like all of the country performers who tour all year long, uh, we bring uh, happiness and and excitement to fans who want to come to events. Um, It's my usual MO when I get on stage to entertain an audience. But the one song, and of course my album in 1992, American Patriot, uh, drew me into the forefront to inspire America in some way. And, I'm, and yes, you're right. Every Memorial Day, we remember those who have fought bravely and we've left around the world with uh, American blood and different soil. Um, Fourth of July, we celebrate the independence of America. Of course, Veterans Day, we celebrate those men and women who have served who are still living. It's, just, it's all part of that.
0: And Lee, kind of tell us how you wrote this song, because I'm sure that our listeners want to know what inspired you in 1983 to write this.
1: I was, I was signed at MCA Records with uh, Reba McIntyre, George Strait, Oak Ridge Boys, and Barbara Mandrell all in the same years, within about two or three years. And we were all touring very heavily, uh, which we still do, but not like that. That was crazy. Right. And so it was very hard to be home for several things. Number one, change wardrobe. Uh, Number two, be able to get into the studio to do any demo recording. Uh, Number three, to write material at all. So I had a piano in the back of my bus, and I wrote a lot of music during my first four or five years that would appear on most of my CDs or albums, as we covered, we called them those days. And uh, we had to turn out two albums a year. So it was like really tough, you know, trying to keep up. But I never lost the the vision to write something for America. And, And I'd had that since i was like a teenager and the years in las vegas nevada maybe isolated from the rest of the world a right. little bit because that there, there's a bubble over that city but i always kept my eyes focused on the future and, and focused on outside of nevada and uh and usa one day i'm riding on my bus somewhere and i'm and i'd written several songs already for uh two of the albums somebody's gonna love it and you've got a good love coming and uh which were both hit albums and i said maybe it's time i write the song about america and i'm not sure what inspired me to to begin to do that that evening after a show uh but just plugged in my headphones and put the piano on my lap like i always did and and uh and was inspired to write usa i i didn't quite finish it that evening but almost I got home the next day, and Jerry Crutchfield, my producer, and I talked about uh, how to finish the song, and it certainly wasn't in the direction of any of the other songs that ever recorded or had the public buy and, and get on the charts, but it was something very different, but he said, if you want to do this, he said, I'm all in for you.
0: And you never thought it would be this large and this huge, where, again, after you go on and pass on, and other generations, this song will still be played. That's just something. Well, not that only we, that, yeah, Neil. For sure. Yeah, for sure. But
1: it, it, it wasn't even scheduled for a release. I mean, I I had no intention of ever having this song be a charted radio single. Oh my! Uh, I, it was very different from the rest of the, the music I'd been recording. I was like known as the crooner. I'm like the Conway Twitty of my generation, and uh, and all the ballads like Kenny Rogers that I had. I even wrote Kenny a, a, a hit song called The Love Song" because I loved the emotional interest from romantic songs and then uh, suddenly USA was made was noted as a single from that album that year and boy it just took off
0: it definitely did and like I said it's going to be remembered forever and it's been played so many times in so many different events from the smallest event to the largest event Lee and especially think about 9-11 and how that song was played and different things and you just say Wow. What do you think about when you hear this song played or when you sing it? What are you thinking about?
1: You know, there, if you remember the motion picture of the gladiator, the old gladiator talks to Russell Crowe, the new gladiator, and he gives him some armor and uh, something famous he had worn when he was younger. And he said, remember this, win the crowd, you win your freedom. That was always stuck in my mind whenever I do a live show anywhere. Whether it's a sports event for thousands and thousands of fans, uh, an intimate re- uh, setting where I am performing maybe just uh, for a hundred people, or a packed theater, we do a lot of the Lee Greenwood evening shows, and, mm-hmm. and their subscription and people come to see a variety of artists, Gladys Knight, you know, whoever it might be. And so I always remember when I go on stage and I sing whatever song I sing during the show. It it is for the benefit of, and the entertainment of the audience. And when I when I get to God Bless the USA I, I just don't do the one song, I do two or three to Tribute America because I think it's not just about that. Right. It's more about the feeling of patriotism and and how it raises the uh uh the feeling of pride in everybody in my audience. And so the USA is generally the payoff. It's it's like this is what I wrote, you know, I I'll, I'll sing a couple of the songs that I didn't write, but this is what I wrote and uh, about my own country and and it, it's it's a big moment
0: it's definitely a big moment and the last two weeks have been big moments leading up to memorial day tell us uh what you did last week and then what's coming up this week to cap it all off
1: yeah we had a couple of shows on the road last week but they weren't anything like what's coming this week uh, of course i i'll be uh performing on the uh deck of the aircraft carrier uh intrepid in new york for fox and friends which is uh uh, on the uh, 25th, and then uh, I'm going to Fort Lauderdale and have a show on the beach. Uh, the next day I'm the Coca-Cola 600, uh, the NASCAR race uh, in uh, Charlotte. So a couple of times you'll see me on national television, but I also will be uh, performing several times coming up at different events across the country. And so there's there's just a, a numerous uh, places where I can honor the veterans uh, during this Memorial Day.
0: And again, every big US holiday this happens to you, Lee. And I'll, another thing I was really interested in seeing is that you have a children's book out, Proud to Be America to be an American. That's interesting too. Did you ever think you'd venture into that?
1: Well, we had a we had a previous book called Does God Still Bless the USA? It was a question about America and who we are as a country. During my father's years in the Navy and the Merchant Marine, I mean, those songs, like God Bless America, America the Beautiful, were the things that he clung to, and and they needed for spirit. So God Bless USA is now this next generation um, of music that represents the patriotism in our country, and every time we come to one of those holidays, whether it's the Fourth of July or Veterans Day or Memorial Day, as this weekend coming up, uh, it's the song everybody turns to, and I'm, you know, I will be singing it um, live on television several times, and and at venues across the country. So it's just uh, it's my way of giving back.
0: That's fantastic, Lee. So the best place we can find information on you. Any other projects you would like to that promote right now uh, for our listeners, but also the best place we can find info.
1: Well, in addition to the book "Proud to Be an American," which is actually the lyrics of my song in a childlike form, a children illustrated book. You can go to my website, LeeGreenwood.com, and find a variety of things that represent my career. And of course over the Fourth of July weekend as we approach that I'll be all over the West Coast, including Fourth of July in San Diego, uh, Grand Marshal of the Parade and a, and a show at the fair that night. So just check our website and you'll see the things that, that maybe you can pick up to honor honor these holidays.
0: So Lee, is for the fourth the biggest holiday for you for uh touring or is it just it all depend out of all the ones we were talking about?
1: I think the I think the focus for people who who follow my career would would assume that the 4th of July appearance would be the premier por- performance of the year. Um that won't be televised however. I think the uh, focus on Fox kicking off the summer series for uh for Fox and Friends uh in New York is is probably the biggest one I'll do during the year and uh and and it brings to uh to mind the events we've done previously in New York on the 4th of July and Memorial Day. For Fox and uh, I'm proud to be there.
0: Well, I'm proud to be an American. You're proud to be an American and I really appreciate you coming on to tell the story uh, because really we need to know why you wrote this and how passionate you are and how you'll continue to, to carry that flag everywhere you go, Lee. So thanks again for calling.
1: You're so welcome, Neil. Thank you and you have a great Memorial Day weekend.
0: You too, Lee. Take care. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show and we'll be back in just a moment.
2: celebrity merchandise gift cards and more download celebrity slots today
0: hi everyone and welcome to the photographic memory podcast i'm excited to welcome dr shannon panzo dr shannon what's going on how are you
2: oh i'm having a great day over here uh the sun was out today we had a nice warm day it's it's uh the second day of spring here in australia
0: All right. So again, Dr. Shannon is a photographic memory expert. He's a brain management expert, and you can go and get mentoring at zuxpro.com. And our topic, just because I want to continue this conversation, revisiting the first couple of episodes. If you got to go back and start the podcast and subscribe to the podcast and go through right at the beginning, we've covered everything regarding uh, brain management, photographic memory, which we're going to really talk about, mental photography. But we also brought up things about the law of attraction, the ability to be organized, teaching different things by really training your brain. But it all starts and stems from photographic memory. And it's, as I said, is the hot, sexy buzzword, photographic memory. Everyone says they have it in some sort of way. They think they have it. And so I thought, you know, because we've done 30 plus episodes, let's just kind of take it take a step back into photographic memory, because it's such an important skill. If you do not have to always go back and reread things over and over again, if you don't have to, you can remember things the first time you have a conversation with somebody. If you are able to recall information on the fly, instead of let me go look it up, on Google, which we all don't want to do, sometimes we want to. This is what makes it such an unbelievable thing. Which, again, some people, Doctor Shannon, don't believe can be taught.
2: Well, it can be taught because I do that every day. I teach people how to do it. And now the the thing that uh, the thing that you have to remember. Your photographic memory is completely natural. You were born with it. Back then when you were born, it was called the eidetic memory. The eidetic memory is on all sensory levels. So is your photographic memory. But what happened is most people cannot remember the term eidetic memory. It's not very comfortable on the tongue. You have to get used to saying it. So usually it's only psychologists and and medical professionals that will talk about it. And eventually, what happened is somebody decided, well, let's just call it the photographic memory instead. And so now everybody has a fully functional photographic memory that they're born with. And that is a really important point, because then you start having to ask yourself, well, am I using it? Have I been using it? What do I need to do to start using it again? You know, why how am I missing out? Well, essentially you're not really missing out. The photographic memory is completely natural. And there's these things that are called subliminal advertisings. And subliminal advertisings have been nicely exercising your photographic memory while they have been selling you things for the for all of your life. And while you've been uh, while you've been succumbing to the uh, to the persuasion of the subliminal advertising, that has been exercising your photographic memory. Now, the good thing is is by utilizing mental photography, which teaches you how to truly use the photographic memory and taking control of it. While you're doing that, you're also also negating the effect of subliminal advertising. You're decreasing its effectiveness on you because one, you start to understand things, and two, you start to take control of it for yourself. And this gives you a certain amount of resistance now to the subliminal ads. That is a great thing for you because you're not going to be persuaded nearly as easy as the guy sitting next to you, okay? So essentially, is your photographic memory well-oiled? Absolutely, but you need to take control of it. Your photographic memory essentially has been hijacked. It's been removed from your ability to use openly. And the reason why this was done this way is so that you could learn how to read. Whenever you go to school and they teach you how to read, it's in direct opposition with your photographic memory. Your photographic memory or your eidetic memory is how you learned most of your skills prior to ever going to school, which are the most important skills. So you have had this phenomenal way of learning stripped from your grasp told that it was told to you that it was immature and that you had to give it up just to learn reading and we can go over the stats with reading and you'll quickly find out that reading is not effective and efficient and this is why so many people have problems with reading it isn't effective no. it is a taught skill it is a not it's not a natural skill Your eidetic memory or your photographic memory is a natural skill. And and the mental photography capitalizes on the use of your photographic memory. Because
0: if you don't get it from the short-term memory to the long-term memory, forget about it. And photographic memory does that long-term memory. Let me kind of put my educator hat on. The ability I have to remember things that I learn either through video or reading them is I have to do them and rehearse them and if I don't rehearse and do those things I'm not going to bring it to the long-term memory most of it's going to be forgotten when I read an article most of it because you need to recall it you don't have your it's automatically because you're taking a photograph of that you can recall that from with mental photography in your brain right just you can recall specific things that you've read correct with the photographic memory
2: oh yeah and whenever you, whenever you do the mental photography and you're using the photographic memory this way, uh, I guess you could say it's like taking photos. But the photos come along with smell. They come along with feel. They come along with your other senses. You can hear things, feel things, smell things, touch things. Whatever those are the things that come along with, the books that you're mentally photographing, you can reach out and touch exactly that type of thing mentally whenever you're whenever you're using mental photography, because the photographic memory, just like the eidetic memory, works on all sensory levels. So if you're reading a, if you're photographing a book on the the beaches, you know you're down at the beach in the surf, well you're going you're gonna to have the sensation that you're feeling the surf. You'll have the sensation that you're feeling the, the salt air on your face. You can smell the iodine. You, you, can, you can feel the temperature differences. Uh, if you feel that you're in the surf, you can feel your heart racing because you're in it, you're doing it. And you're, you can actually go so far as to use these books to live that experience if the book is good enough to, to give you that that energy That's and it. yes mental photography is literally learning how to read energy see so, i
0: wow i've not been explained that in 30 episodes <laughs> i always thought i'm just going to take a photograph of it in my brain because i'm not taking software, bro and i'm just going to remember it eh. No, it's a lot more than that. You're telling me our subconscious really grows. That's why it's so well, the law of attraction as well, that we really learn to use our brain in the right way that we're not taught.
2: Well, the more that you use your photographic memory, it stimulates natural production of all different sorts of things in your brain. And part of that is your memory, and it produces more natural memory, so you're naturally going to have more memory available to you, and the expanse of that memory can be quite intense depending upon what you're actually, uh, what what types of books that you're actually mentally photographing. If you're photographing a dictionary, a thesaurus, or a, a document book, or something like that, are you going to feel that? No, because those are pretty basic books; they so don't have emotional content. But if you're photographing novels or if you're photographing autobiographies of people that have done fantastic things, then you're going to gain that sensation of being alongside them once you've done this long enough, you start to see this for yourself.
0: Do you think that the most uh, genius people have photographic memory that are like the, uh, the ones that just are these, some of these CEOs out there? have that ability that were born with it. What are your thoughts on that? Like when you're looking at people that really can handle so many different things and do it in such an amazing way.
2: I think that there's I, I think that there's really around 5% of the population that is accomplished in using their photographic memory. And a lot of these people have used it to gain their professional acumen and and their accolades, uh, their position and such along the way. Most of these same people will deny that they have a photographic memory because they don't want to be challenged about it. This is the reason why people hide the fact that they do have a photographic memory, because other people come along, and they say, well, prove it. Yeah. Well, people are tired of proving that they have a photographic memory. So they go into hiding. They go into denial that they have a photographic memory. In the meantime, they're happy making their steps up the ladder of, uh, and at the same time, denying that they have photographic memory. There are many people that definitely have a photographic memory. Uh, most, of the presidents that, uh, most of the presidents in the United States, since, uh, since John F. Kennedy, definitely had a photographic memory. So, uh, so there is something to be said there. And this has given them the advantage of dealing with information. Now, information changes daily. So, you know, from day to day, that memory has to be adjusted, uh, especially if they're dealing with uh, contemporary issues. But whenever you're talking about people in finance, people in finance, there are some absolutely kings of finance out there that commonly use their photographic memory, but don't want you to know about it. Why? Because this gives them the edge. You hear hear oftentimes about people that are uh, of a higher class, and this is their edge over maintaining their status in that higher class of of wherever they are in life. So again, they're using their photographic memory. Are are they going to tell you what their edge is? Oh, (laughs) they want to keep their edge. They don't want the average person out there The elitists don't want the average person out there to be able to use their photographic memory. So they will actually, in some cases, they will actually tell you to do the wrong thing to make sure that you're not using your photographic memory. (laughs) Because it
0: controls the population in certain ways that we are all average. All right, so the best thing to do right now, if you want to be part of the 5%, which I think we all would like to be, uh, is go to zuxpro.com right now and sign up today for Zuxpro and also look into mentoring because the, the man, Dr. Shannon Panza, will help guide you to success, happiness, love, everything based on learning how to really understand how to use your brain. So, I appreciate it, Dr. Shannon, for coming by. And I like reintroducing certain subjects, especially go back to episodes one, two, and three, four, five, and six, where we really go into why this is called the Photographic Memory Podcast. But we are going to come up with thousands of different topics regarding the photographic memory. But to go back and revisit the topics that say, hey, I'm sold. This is the buzzword. I need to go to Zux Pro now. I don't need to go listen to 30 episodes. Listen to all 30 episodes, and you'll learn more about what the photographic memory is what mental photography is what brain management is how you can use the law of attraction and how you can become organized and successful because great things happen here right dr shannon
2: absolutely make sure you stop on by make sure you get your uh your ton of information make sure and make your decision because this could be the most important decision that you ever make in your life so it's really important for you to do just that. Uh, if there's anything that you want to take a look at this year, this should be it because this is, this is the, the fulcrum point that you can leverage everything else off of. All right. So great things happen here.
0: Take care, Dr. Shannon. And that was the Photographic Memory Podcast. See you guys. Please listen to the Forletta Podcast. Larry Forletta, a retired DEA agent turned private investigator, will bring you true life stories on the war on drugs with some of the most infamous international drug traffickers of all time, to name a few, Pablo Escobar, Manuel Noriega, Joaquin Guzman, a.k.a. El Chapo, and other related real-life crime stories such as Waco. For more information, please visit his website at www.fcisllc.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mike Villardi show, and I'm excited to welcome to the program Mike Villardi. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, great. How are you, Neil? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. We have a great guest. I remember we were doing it for radio. We are just doing the radio show before we went to video and audio, so I'm excited about our guest today. Yeah, so
3: am I. Gigi's a good friend. She was, uh, she, was a, she was a professional actress. She's a conservative radio talk show host. And I'm going to let Gigi introduce herself and talk about herself and give us a little background on, on all the great stuff she's done.
4: All right. Well, um, thank you for having me. First of all, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm Gigi Ernetta. Actually, it's Gigi Ernetta, but for most people, just Gigi is fine. Uh, and for even more simple cases, G works. Uh, but yes, so I've been acting since I was about eight years old, did my first performance when I was eight, um, and that was in dance. And then at 15, I did my first SAG commercial. So I did McDonald's. That was my first thing. And I did it in English and Spanish. And that was kind of my into the industry. So I've been on um, mostly English programming, but I've been on a couple of you know Spanish soap operas, a lot of fun, telenovela. Mm-hmm. And um, I got into... I wasn't broadcasting very young. I actually was a I have a degree in film, but radio was kind of my thing. So I went back to it. And that's how I met Mike. Um, I started working at a radio station in New York, and um that was while I was doing my acting career. And I've done a lot of stuff. You can find me on the IMDB if you want to go to imdb.com cool. and type in my name, G-I-G-I-E-R-N-E-T-A, or go to my website, ggarineta.com, and you'll find out more about my career. But I stepped into um something very interesting, which was when I did Flag of My Father, I started that movie, um, I was made very aware that uh, about post-traumatic stress. And so I got very involved with that. I'm also helping a um, non-profit, or I should say non-for-profit, whatever the technical word is, um, that works with the troops, post-traumatic stress. There's a lot of new things that they're using that works. uh, And so I'm excited about that. And I'll talk more about that later. But stepped into this whole vortex and then started doing my own radio show called standing freedom and took it's on a hiatus right now i've actually worked with um save america's freedom foundation that is it's more not about right or left it's more about constitutionally right and that's kind of where i'm at too i'm now a and have been for quite a while registered independent seeing mm. the problems on both sides <laughs> and um Really troubled though, what's happening right now. But uh, you can catch me on Roswell. I'm on two seasons of Roswell, and hopefully, God willing, I'll be back on Roswell again. I'm also, I uh, just wrapped on a show called The Cleaning Lady, and I'm on a bunch of TV shows. But like I said, that is uh, entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping, I just finished my second movie script, and I'm hoping to direct it with my bestie. So uh, that's what's on what's in the horizon that I know about. But God always gives me something, you know, I, it's kind of a surprise. I kind of go with it (laughs) cool
3: cool that that says a lot you know what you just said about constitutionally right i when i was running for congress i i would read from george washington's declaration of 1789 and i'm going to read just the first paragraph from it because this is what america has forgotten what made america great and this is when he proclaimed thanksgiving to be a holiday And George Washington said this by the president of the United States of America, a proclamation, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty God, amen, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts, the many signal favors of almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. And it goes on for for a while and talks about God and his goodness and why we need to be godly people. Um, Could you imagine Nancy Pelosi passing this proclamation today in Congress and Joe Biden Saying
4: what, what George Washington said, I, I can't. I have so many funny things I want to say. It's probably inappropriate. <laughs> but, but the problem—no, she can't because because I because she's on an agenda. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and it's not about the country anymore. It's agendas, and it's like how fast can we move the agendas through? And it's not just her. It's she's what I would call number one. But um, there's so many people passing agendas. It's no longer about the country. It's just not.
3: No, but but what made America great, and that was acknowledging the providence of Almighty God to obey his will. See, when you're a godly people, you can have the first amendment and the second amendment. When you're an ungodly people, you can't have either. You lose all your rights. You become oppressed. You become poor. That's why they wanna make everybody poor. That's what Joe Biden is doing. He single-handedly doubled the price of gasoline, is causing out of, out of out of you know jimmy carter type inflation he's going to bankrupt everybody with taxes he's going to double the size of the irs he is in my opinion in there to destroy america and his actions prove it letting everybody in through the border screwing up in afghanistan destroying every good policy that Trump had put in place, including making America energy independent for the first time in 75 years. And now you were gonna talk about the vision.
4: Let's yeah. talk about that. Go ahead, I'll let you start. Well, well okay, so I realized that, and, and I'm sure most people, are, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't assume, I would hope that most people are seeing that we're being pitted against each other, whether it's right or left or whether it's vaccine, no vaccine, or or whether it's Joe Biden or Trump, um, whether it's whatever it is, it's it's an purpose to create division, because when you're divided, it doesn't work. You're in chaos and chaos does not come from the father. Chaos comes from the devil. and so that's what this is all about is to divide is to divide and it's a shame so if we were all if we could all agree on god first that's right then everything else we would at least be at the beginning of order but like you said when you have you can't imagine pelosi standing up and saying that no no i mean she started tearing up documents remember when trump was in and she was tearing that was like a sign of division that was like immediate. She's an
3: embarrassment. It's funny, later on in the speech I want to read this other paragraph that George Washington stated. And also that we may then unite again unity instead of division in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to enable us all whether in public or private stations to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually to render our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws, discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such that have shown us kindness, and to bless them with good government, peace and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue, and the increase of science among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind, which is again unity, such a degree of temporal prosperity as only he knows to be best. Now, would you say that today we are a government of wise, just and constitutional laws?
4: Again? <clears throat> could say a bunch of wise wise stuff but i won't say <laughs> no <laughs> absolutely no let's just start with wisdom okay let's start with wisdom <laughs> no but
0: it you changed so know. fast Gigi. it changed so fast it was like before you know it in seconds everything changed yeah and everybody now saying what the heck happened our rights are gone
4: Weird. Well, look,
0: Mike and I have been saying this
4: since 2013, at least, because,
0: um, yeah, we've,
4: <laughs> we've been on this because of the calling of being a watchman. Whether you agree with us or not, it's a matter of being a watchman and doing what we're supposed to do by the word. The word says that we are held accountable for what, you know, we can't make people do things. We can't even encourage people to do things. We can only tell them what we're getting from God. So, you know, um, with certain giftings and I've been doing research on this because um, the government I know has been doing some things with people who are what they call clairvoyant and stuff for years. I was just curious because I'm really into quantum physics and all this, and there's, there's so much right now, but my, my point is that if you see something and you warn people and they don't want to listen, that's, that's, that's not no longer on, on Mike and I and all the other watchmen. We, we've done our part of it. And we're just saying, hey, you know, this is division. This is what division looks like. This is when our president pulls everybody out of Afghanistan, doesn't tell NATO that's another level of division. What is that? You know, leaving leaving our partners, our allies, just leaving them, that's division. Um, that's the point. And what we need is a giant movement of unity. Um, you know, and starts with with being kind to each other and not judging each other for our choices. You know, um, there's been a lot of blaming I've noticed, uh, blaming and shaming and bullying on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just
0: like, and there's it doesn't vaccine, have to be- vaccinations first yeah. thing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Yeah, it doesn't
4: yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah. I mean, blame like somebody common- for the pandemic instead of come on now, common sense is we all need to do our part. In yeah, the- I mean wash it's your out hands,
4: it's out it's a bio
0: getting a bunch of people together in close distances and say oh by the way because you're not that, the only people we can blame are the the are the unvaccinated right. instead of hey maybe we should practice social distancing still maybe we shouldn't have these big big things maybe we should still wash our hands right so there's i yeah, hope things. you would <laughs> i know but there's a lot of people that will wash their hands it's a new invention
3: and and, uh-huh. and 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 here's what I don't understand: How are the unvaccinated supposed to be playing?
4: If well, see, not, that, that's you're not. My, it's back to common sense. This is just what I just said. I don't know if there is any. Right. I mean, in the past, someone would get a flu shot, measles shot, chicken, whatever. They were vaccinated. They were like, "Yeah, I'm vaccinated. I'm you know," and that's great. Okay, I think it kind of started that way. Like everybody thought, okay, now I'm good. And then as the facts start to roll out, we're realizing, no, you still have to wear a mask. You're still contagious. It's kind of like, wait a minute. The
0: idea was to just take all the masks off. That was, that was the vaccine companies that said, oh, go ahead. Everyone, yeah. no, no more masks, guys. You don't have to wear them anymore. No more social distancing. If you're vaccinated, you're, you're safe. Who came up with that edict?
4: Well, OK, but who came up with wearing a mask since OSHA for years said you couldn't wear one at work? I and think then it all of a sudden- keeps
0: you from socializing. That's the only thing. I think it's more of a deterrent. Yeah, not really help that you're not going to have a conversation with somebody with a mask on.
4: Yeah. Again, division. Right.
0: Yes, right. True. It's exactly
4: right. And, and even but this is what puzzled me because I was curious, you know, Fauci when he first came out, it's like, don't wear a mask. OK, don't wear a mask. OK, mm-hmm. people are already wearing masks because they were afraid. Right. But then yes, he, said, then right. he said then he said, wear a mask. So okay, how much is Fauci
0: worth now? Thanks to again, thanks to this vaccine. That's what I would love them.
4: Yeah, he 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 has more money than you or I will ever have. Well, he's kind of been that way a while, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so that goes back into a, again division. So I think it starts with you know kindness, and and I notice it more on one side than the other. It's like, oh, okay, you you're vaccinated, great, whatever, you know, nobody. But if you say you're unvaccinated, right. And the war breaks out, which is hilarious because in years past, if you had a vaccine, you were all good to go. And now it's like, no, you're not good to go. So I don't know how this got upside down. Um, but hey, okay. So then how do we change that behavior? We change it by being kind to each other. And that's how unity begins. You might not agree with somebody, you just be kind to each other about it, but it's not equal. So you'll have one person be kind to the other person, they're still beating them up with a baseball bat. It's like, okay. So, you know, that's kind of where, if it doesn't change, it's just going to be like this, further and further and further apart. Well,
3: well the only way for the Democratic Party to stay in power is through division. Um, they, they, their platform is terrible. So, because, I mean, there's they, a platform? Yeah, they have a platform. Higher taxes, <laughs> right? Less money for you, more for the government, more regulation, right? So, they oppress your life. Mm-hmm. So, in order to get people to continue to stay in their camp, they do what Stalin did and I have a picture here of Stalin, okay, I don't know if you can see it up here, but I'll read it to you. It says, Stalin once ripped all the feathers off a white chicken as a lesson to his followers. He then set the chicken on the floor a short distance away. The chicken was bloodied and suffering immensely, yet when Stalin began to toss some bits of wheat towards the chicken, it followed him around. He said to his followers, this is how easy it is to govern stupid people. They will follow you no matter how much pain you cause them, as long as you throw them a little worthless treat once in a while. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I see it with my liberal relatives who, you know, think that the Democratic Party helps poor people. I said that's the furthest thing from the truth.
0: Keeps them from growing, keeps them from growing because there's a safety net. Why do you think now so many people don't want to work and that's what they're getting evicted because they're getting paid to stay home, but they still don't care if they get evicted because they think that that's going to happen too. the evict. So if you give ability where they can't work there, even though it feels great not to go to work, if you don't aren't an entrepreneur and you go work every day and you don't have a job you love, then you're just staying home and getting paid. You're slowly but surely the willingness not to work, but then get depressed, go on medications, all the different things because they don't, you don't, you don't believe your life is worth anything anymore.
4: And and I have to say being in entertainment, I mean, they forced us to stop working. I don't know if people are aware of that, but our union would not allow us to work. So for months, I didn't know when I was going to get to do what I love, you know, it's how not only that, but you know, thank God I had residuals from old movies and stuff. I'm like, how do I make money when you just take it away from me? Right. Um, and then, you know, being in lockdowns, it's not, there was no warning. It wasn't like, okay, in six months, this, it was just like, bam, you can't work. No. Okay. And then it's, oh, well, you can't go out. And then it's, you can't go to church. Well, the church thing really upset me because it was right before Easter. That was, that was a, and the whole other subject, but a lot of churches didn't even, you know, you, you could go worship if you wore a mask, didn't touch the Bibles and didn't sit next to each other. And I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> You know, what is that? What, why go to church? You know, um, if you're going to behave that way, if you're going to be in fear, and that was the other thing I wanted to talk about was fear,
0: yeah. Okay, so, and let's Hold go. Right. I'm really interested in this vaccine thing because our time's close to running out. I really what? want to know what, oh my
4: gosh, is. yes,
0: what <laughs> okay. What's your information on the vaccine that you've heard? Gigi, you have one of on the show, oh, okay.
4: So, no, so I've been researching a lot about because I researched COVID, which I had COVID and I think. Mike was talking about having COVID, so I had done a lot of research on that. And now, fast forward to the vaccine, so a lot of them, the things that I've heard about this last week was what's inside of Pfizer. You know, they don't have anything on their insert, so you don't really know what's in it. Um, and they put it under a microscope, I guess. And I think it was Germany I'm trying to figure out the language. It was so, and it looks like there's actually live worms in it um inside of the mRNA vaccine the Pfizer specifically I don't know about Moderna but yeah so basically I think all three but I'm sure the two uh mRNAs have graphene oxide which is toxic to the human body it has it in there um they'll deny it if you go to like Snopes and all that but if you can find the actual name is like 25 letters long it's not called graphene oxide that's Mm. that's like Like saying, that's like saying rhinocort is budesonide. Budesonide, you know, people know that works. as a therapeutic? Well, it's rhinocort, right? So it has another name. And if you do the research, you'll find that 20 letter name in there. So it does have graphene oxide inside of it. So I think that's why it's spreading. Um, Where you have it, they give you it to to you in your arm and then it goes all over your body into your organs. It doesn't stay in one place like normal vaccines. So I'll stick with J&J.
0: You know, J&J, has some side effects to them as well. Yes.
4: Yes. But at least it's not traveling and dumping into your organs. (laughs) That's true. There's a map that shows where all the different places that the Pfizer goes to.
0: Wow, and it'll be okay if it's one shot or two shots, but it's 40 shots. It's not going to be
4: well. and, And my cousin works in the ER in New York. And she said, she's seeing cases of vaccinated people that are getting very seriously ill, but only a small percentage. So I asked her, I said, what, what do you, why do you think that is? And she says, well, I'm noticing their vaccine date is February, March. Mm. So it only lasts less than six months.
0: And then it's time for another booster and it's time for another right. and another. And I, and I asked, are, are people willing to, to, to do it for the rest of their lives? Just to be from, from COVID.
4: Well, that's fear. That's what I was saying. It's the,
0: right. the real disease is fear. Because what happened to the real flu? Right where did the and, and pneumonia
4: go? and pneumonia
0: right where did all these things go they just disappear yeah so that's the problem so that's the big thing you're saying is find out what's in the vaccine
4: yeah wow. i mean all and all also advisors
0: and ask them the
4: trial the trials you know what is your health condition i have never seen anything like this you can go to a freaking walmart and get a vaccine what is that you know what i mean there's no doctors involved with this it's weird it's
0: weird and that, when are they going to start charging more for it? But they are charging. They're charging in our taxes. That's right. And see this, we go, oh, it's
4: free. No, nothing is free. Nothing is free. They're, they're definitely getting kickbacks at every location they're giving vaccines. They're getting paid for it. It's not free. And it's coming out of our money. It's definitely
0: not free. So. And the money, the stimulus money went towards the vaccine research and then the pay. So here's, I'm going to give some President Trump former President Trump, it's hard to always say, he went ahead and said, everyone should get a vaccine. What are your thoughts on that one? Were you surprised by that?
4: Are you asking me or
0: Mike? Yeah. I'll oh, ask me. For you.
4: Okay, okay, no, I just, uh, well, I thought, well, I'm gonna start with this. I was, I was like, okay, he must believe in it. That's what I thought. But he also signed a deal for 5G, which people don't realize. He did an executive order to allow 5G. 5G has not been tested for safety either. Yeah, people didn't know that happened during COVID. <laughs> so I have some questions. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Mike, what about you, Mike?
3: Well, I think this is Trump's biggest retaliation against the Democrats because 99% of them are going to get the vaccine. They're all going to pass away and it's going to open the door for him to come back. <laughs>
0: oh, <geez>. So <laughs> what about the French doctor that came out with, he said in two years, anyone that got the vaccine is going to be dead. You saw that one, right? Or well, side effects and death and everything. So
3: we, we had Sherry Campani on our program and it's designed to weaken your immune system against other things. So when the flu season hits in, in the fall, these people who got everyone that you know has certain, some of these vaccines, their, their immune system is going to be compromised. So instead of getting hit with the COVID, they're going to get hit with the flu and not be able to recover. And that's where the deaths are going to happen. Because now they have a compromised immune system, and they don't realize it. You know, every single animal that was tested died during these clinical tests.
4: That's uh, the mRNA vaccine. That's right. That's, that's, yeah, that's the big issue I have with those two, is that, that I did do a lot of research on it. And there's no, there's no long-term trial except the ones that they did with the animals, and they died.
0: When are we going to get the oral vaccine? They said two years to get an oral vaccine because that the live virus is the only way that's going to end this pandemic really well. And I don't think they want that to happen until they give everyone a shot so many times. And then finally someone says, by the way, this doesn't work and there's a rebellion in the world, then they'll go to the, I think we're
4: place. real close.
0: <laughs> I think we're close. We're close. I mean, here. in
4: France and in U- the UK, they're all in the streets yelling about this. I mean, we don't know about it here, but that's what's
0: going on there. there. Because they're not, they're not even that quiet because it's not a free country like ours. Oh, maybe we're not anymore. So new <laughs> projects, where can we check you out? Gigi, tell us all those different places. Um,
4: the best place is ggernetta.com G I G I E R N E T A.com. That's my personal website um let's see yeah, operation initiative if you look that up that is the um the the platform i told you i support for the troops uh, for healing and let's see what else you can find me on the imdb roswell and a new show called sacrifice
0: sacrifice where's sacrifice located on it'll be on bet bet okay so you're gonna be on, I'm on the cleaning lady too i'm all over the place Are you were on roswell too okay yeah. okay so check you out there awesome But then I remember last time you were on, you're more into the talk show thing. Now you're back in the acting thing. You just never know how things work. Well,
4: I'm always (laughs) into the acting thing because it pays
0: my bills. Um, Uh The
4: talk show show thing paid my bills. I'd be doing that.
0: I I love engaging. Are you afraid about the fallback from Hollywood when you're talking about things like the vaccine?
4: Well, you know, like I said, I'm not one of the bulliers. So, you know, I'm not, I'm opposed to the mRNA specifically. I think that they're dangerous. I'm not saying that the other one isn't, but I'm just not like, I'm not going. Look up
0: VaxArt, look up Vaxart and look up for an oral vaccine and get the push for the oral vaccine. Cause they, already, they already went out, the COVID-19 vaccine show I co-host mm-hmm. and it's the number one oh. vaccine show. Check yeah. it out. Well, It's good. I went in Clubhouse and it went viral once I went in there again to talk to them because they're so, but they're anti-ivermectin, anti-HCQ. Okay, okay. Um, so but I
4: mean,
0: the, the, not, Ivermectin,
4: not, Ivermectin, Merck just signed a $256 million deal with the government. The, the, they signed, Merck did. That's why they don't support Ivermectin and they're trying to suppress it because they're creating something similar to it that's going to cost more money. I don't know if you realize that came out like this oh, week in the news. Okay. That's
0: yeah. why that's why I came in and see that. Okay. Well, we appreciate everybody, Mike, anyone, dot Mike WinningTaxSolutions.com. Mike, we appreciate it. Thank you again, GG guys. Take care. All right. All so right, sure. that was the Mike Florio show kicker, guys.